This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Well, I got up early this morning, turned on the radio. The weatherman gave the forecast that he really didn't know. He said we might have a little sunshine, might have a little rain. Might have partly cloudy skies and it might just snow again. Well, I found out a long time ago, there ain't that much for sure. But God's love and faithfulness will forevermore endure. No matter what comes, no matter what goes. If you're on a high, if you're in a low. If you're getting sick, if you're feeling well. If you get up, if you just fell. God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Here's Larry Powell. Hey, welcome to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We're so glad that you've joined us. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the world we live in right now is pretty amazing. Uh, We're not sure what's happening when, where, how, uh, all kinds of things happen really quick. And you know, uh, Mark Lowry, who uh, does that uh, intro music for us, um, I love what he says, some things never change because we often think, oh man, some things never change, but actually what he's talking about there is God's love and faithfulness never changes. So we end up with, uh, you know, we're heading in the right track to begin with, but I'll tell you what, we talk about politics, education, religion, technology, sports, values, and healthy communities. And I get to bring on board here, uh, every week, uh, some old, old friends, uh, that, um, you know, I've had some, uh, relationships with over the years and are doing some just spectacular things in our community. And as a result, you get to hear about some really unique things that are taking place. And today with me is Don Eskes. Don is a uh, a friend. We were just talking about it, Don, just before we got the show started. We've known each other now for almost 30 years. Yes. Amazing. You know, and, uh, what were you doing at the time when we first met? What was the, the company that you were with? I was with a company called Cellulo. Cellular, and, yes. Uh, I was the vice president and ran the division. That was the division of a larger company, and I ran the division. Had about uh, it was a small company. We had about fifty employees. Yeah. And uh, you were principal of Kings Canyon Middle School at the time. Yeah, boy, that brings back some memories. <laughs> you know, and you know it was interesting because you came on board as principal for a day, and that's how we first got to know each other, and you got a sense of what middle school was like in, in, in a Fresno Unified, uh, quite a challenge. It reminded me of my middle school days, which <laughs> weren't necessarily the best time of my life. But. Well, you know, I think everybody can say that. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, you've done an awful lot of things. Um, I wanted to talk to you before we get into some of the things you're working on right now, because you're doing some really amazing uh, initiatives. And by the way, folks, uh, Don is currently the Director of Strategic Initiatives at the Fresno Mission, um, formerly uh, the Director of the Mission, and now you've slid into a different role. We're going to talk a lot about the things that are going on there, but you know, our connection actually goes back even before our Kings Canyon days because your daughter, um, in fact, it might be about the same time, but your daughter worked for my wife because your daughter's a teacher. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yes, she is. And Dot was principal at a school, and so they had the, the opportunity to work together. So what's she doing now, your daughter? She's still teaching. Okay. She's teaching in a, a charter school. Good. But uh, she spent 12 years in Kenya, and she went over there to teach. 
And, wow. and that's where she met her family and, I mean, her husband, husband. and uh, their two children were born there. Wow. And uh, they moved back here about uh, 16 years ago. So do, do the kids have dual citizenship? They do, in, because her husband's English, they do have dual citizenship in both England and, and the U.S. Wow, interesting, interesting. So uh, maybe they can get Papa, get you a, a dual citizenship. I know you spent some time in Africa, too, and that's a, a place that's been close to your heart. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in Africa, because obviously your daughter's there for a number of years. Yes, and so we made a number of trips there, and I had been in the business world for 35 years. Wow. And when I sold the business that I was part owner of and got out of it, which was 2004, we went there for an extended stay. And while I was there, I flew to the Congo Mm. and worked with... uh, a woman who was doing microloans to to women through the Mennonite church, and then also uh, went to Rwanda and delivered wheelchairs for Rotary. And so uh, had some really interesting experiences there. And we came back in November of 2004, had no idea what I was going to do. And then on December 26th of that year, the tsunami hit Southeast Asia. Wow, I remember that. So I had an opportunity uh, three weeks later to go to Thailand and uh, do some relief there, and we started building some homes there and and uh, and had some great experiences. But it was during that time that uh, one night when I couldn't sleep, there were 50 of us living in a big tent we called the White House because it was a white tent. <laughs> and... Um, this was 80 miles north of Phuket okay. in a very devastated area. But one night when I couldn't sleep at 2 in the morning, I got up and outside, uh, God directed me to Isaiah 58. Mm. And I, part of Isaiah 58 says, if you will feed the poor, take care of those in need, I will take care of you and your light will shine in the darkness. And so I said, I think I've just found a new purpose. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's interesting, that whole adventure uh, in Thailand was kind of a precursor for all the things you've done since you got back. I did. Uh, when I got back, um, I worked for Habitat as a volunteer for a couple of years. I worked for the uh, Fresno Leadership Foundation for just over a year uh, on staff there. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, a staff member at a church for an f- interim period of time. Um, I've tried retiring a few times, but it just hasn't worked well. Yeah, that doesn't work, does it? (laughs) Well, you and I have talked uh, quite a number of times over the years about some of the things that you've been involved in. But let's go back to your uh, director of the Fresno Mission, um, because you had some real challenges when you took over. Um, You know, financial is always a challenge when you're in a nonprofit world as you know, but you also uh, ended up having to move the mission and you got the uh, uh, high-speed rail and, you know, just all kinds of things that were going on. Tell me a little bit of what it was like when you were operating the Fresno mission. Well, I went to the mission as a volunteer in 2010. And then in 2011, I went on staff in the development department. And uh, in 2016, um, I became the CEO for a couple of years, two and a half years or so. Yeah. 
but it was during that time we had been negotiating with High Speed Rail because they took uh, 5.6 acres of our property, wow. including our main building, or they were planning to. So we had to negotiate that, which took a few years of negotiation. Negotiating with the government's not an easy thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very tedious and slow. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but in the end, um, we obtained temporary facilities on the east side of G Street. Okay. And, uh, and uh, we settled with the state. And, uh, and then in 2018, when Matt, Matthew Dildine became the CEO, right. um, uh, I stepped aside and uh, I, I was asked by the National Association of Rescue Missions to, to help them a little bit. So I uh, in 2019, I visited 50 missions in wow. the Southwest and uh, saw how different missions operated and all the programs that they had, which has kind of uh, been interesting because it's 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 been a good experience to help us in some of the situations we have in our own community. Yeah, well, you know, it's amazing. You and I have talked over the years, and I when I was at Kings Canyon Middle School, obviously it was a poverty area. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, you know, families that were really struggling. There was some homelessness. And, and I know you have a big heart for homelessness because you, you're also a, a, what I would consider an expert on it. Uh, you know a, a lot of the things to do and not to do. Um, and, and there are a lot of mistakes made when we deal with the homeless. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, we've only got about two minutes in this segment, but just get us started uh, uh, what got you interested in the homeless to begin with? Obviously, your experience that you talked about, uh, you know, in uh, Thailand. But well, the yes, the uh, the whole thing of Isaiah fifty-eight: if you will feed the poor, take care of those in need, I will take care of you. That's fantastic. So I have a I have a strong faith that uh, as long as I do what God wants me to do, He's going to take care of me. <laughs> That's a good move because <laughs> I don't take care of myself very well, but. <laughs> But he'll take care of me. So, yeah. um, and maybe the next sec- segment we can get into the homeless issue. But it's it's a very very complex issue. It is, and there are not in complex issues. There's usually not very simple answers. No, and in those fifty places that you you visited, I'm sure homeless was part of the equation in yes. each of those. And you probably garnered a little bit from from several of them and some that work and some that don't. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's exactly right. There's some that do it well and some that not yeah. so well. How, how do we, um, and one of the things I want to talk a little bit about with the homeless uh, section is um, how do we help our government agencies who deal with homelessness? Uh, how do we help them become more effective, be better to do it in a way that, that actually accomplishes something? Because, the frustration that I get from a lot of my friends and things is we see a lot of homeless out there. What do we do to actually help them rather than just pouring money at the situation? Uh, folks, you're listening to uh, Powell to the People where civility is always in style. And when we get back, we're going to we're with Don Eskis here and we're going to talk about homeless uh, here in Fresno and some of the things he's learned over the years. So we're really glad you joined us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. No matter what comes, no matter 
This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back. Amazing how quickly a time flies. We've got our first segment done already. Just want to remind you folks that Good News with Larry Powell can be heard five days a week right here. And it's nothing but good news stories. And uh, you can hear that at 10 and at 4. You can also catch us on Spotify and uh, Facebook as well. But uh, you get an opportunity to listen at your leisure. And that's the unique thing about all of the streaming opportunities that are available now. But we're with Don Eskes, who is a director of strategic initiatives for the Fresno Mission. And, uh, Don, we've, we've started talking a little bit about homeless. And I know Jerry Dyer, our mayor, has made homeless uh, the homeless situation one of the things they'd like to do. I know that the old Smuggler's Inn has been turned into a uh, homeless shelter of sorts. Uh, there are a lot of things, and it seems like every friend I have has an answer for the homeless and and many times don't necessarily have a clue and that's nothing about my friends but maybe a little of what's going on but tell me what what is it like in the homeless world and and for those of you who are really trying to help and deal with it well there's there's a whole number of categories of homeless that's pro, that's such a key point because people think there's one thing you know, yes, with it. Tell and, us a little bit about that. And there's, uh, I don't know what the exact current population is. I'm not sure anyone does here in Fresno, but it's around 3,000 or somewhere in that neighborhood wow. of people living on the streets. These are the people that are very visible. You see them, they're living in tents or they're living on the sidewalk. Right. And within that category, there's a whole number of, of uh, classifications, if you will. Yeah. There's those that are that have severe addiction issues. Right. Uh, there are those that are mentally ill. In fact, a large number have have uh, mental need mental help, uh, mental services help. Because if you live on the street for any length of period, your your mental acuity decreases. Yeah. And then there are those that are just what we call urban campers, mm. uh, where you and I might go up to Sequoia to camp out. They just have chosen to live on the streets. Wow. Wow. And so that's one population, but that's not the largest population. Okay. The largest population are the homeless that we don't see. And those are the ones that are that, that maybe can't afford uh, rents. They're living in someone's garage or they're couch surfing. Uh, it's the woman with three kids who can't pay the rent. Right. It's the man that lost his job and he's living out of his car. So not necessarily um, through the fault of their own. Right. But they're on the street, right. so to speak. Yeah. I just met uh, in a restaurant just two weeks ago a woman who mentioned to me that she was living in her car. Her and her family were living in their car. Wow. So, so. It, it is a complex issue, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, in addition, homeless is just one event in many people's lives. Mm. It's one traumatic event. What we see is, at the mission is most of the people that, and many of the people uh, that come to us are not the people that are on the streets living in tents, but they're people that find themselves at 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 the end of the road, they have no place to go. Right. And um, 
they can't afford the rent, but many times they have other traumatic issues in their life. Hmm. Maybe they can't get a job because they don't have the education. Right. They don't, they, they don't, they need medical care and they don't have medical care. So it's not uncommon for someone that comes to the, through the mission door to, to maybe have six or eight significant trauma situations in their lives. So it's not just one thing. It's not one thing. And so part of the issue with homelessness is, and this is where it gets very complex, uh, the average citizen, they just want the homeless situation to be dealt with and taken care of. They don't want to see someone camped in the front of their house. They don't want to see streets with urine on them and all this sort of thing. So they're just saying, so there's a pressure on the political side and on societal side, just get these people off the street. Right, right. And without looking at the deeper issues, which are dealing with the other causes, because homelessness many times can be more of a symptom of a deeper problem than the actual problem itself. Not that it isn't a significant problem. But, sure, sure. Uh, and challenge, but it's, it, it, it points to something deeper. You know, and that, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, we had uh, at one point in Fresno Unified, there were 1,800 students that were considered part of the homeless population. Right. Uh, and you're talking about the mother with three kids, and they still have to go to school. They still need right. to, need services there. And fortunately, school districts like Fresno Unified do a great job of trying to meet the need. But in a lot of ways, it's a Band-Aid because you're not dealing with the deeper issues, and, and they're not necessarily set up to do that. So that makes it very difficult. So we're putting a lot of, the state is putting a lot of money toward housing the homeless. Mm. But unless funding is also going to these other services to deal with some of the root causes, all it means is we're going to hide the problem off the street in, in, in homes Sure. And we're, we as taxpayers are going to be paying the bill. I just read uh, in, a, in uh, a newspaper that in Los Angeles, it's costing them over $600,000 a door for housing. Wow. In fact, on one site they had it was $875,000 a door. You cannot fund your way out of that situation unless you deal with these other issues. Yeah, that's that's just absolutely crazy. And, you know, uh, I think about uh, the kids that did come to schools, for example, and you knew they were struggling. You tried to find ways, and obviously we have closed closets and, and right. food pantries, and we direct them to services, and we do a lot of things like that. But when their mother is either, you know, on drugs or mental Ill health issues herself or things, if you don't deal with the parent of the child, you can't really help the child because in a lot of cases, the child is raising the parent. Well, it's not even it's not even those that have drug issues or those significant issues. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's, it's just, uh, you know, we have cases where um, parents come in with kids. They don't know how to raise their kids because they didn't have any example. They, sure. you know. And, and those sorts of things. And the other issue we have is we're having an increasing homeless population. And I'm not talking about living on the streets. I'm talking about people that, 
that have gone beyond their resources. Right. I did a survey of of uh, Central Fresno a couple of years ago, and 35 percent of the population in four zip codes, right, right where we're at right now, mm-hmm. uh, in this studio, you're in Manchester Center. In Manchester Center, 35 percent in the surrounding zip codes were at the poverty level, which is $26,000 a year, just under $26,000 a year for a family of four. Mm. Well, if you, if you take 30% of your income for, for housing, which is kind of a standard, they're able to afford six to $700 a month for rent. There's not much you can get for that. You cannot get. It was less than, at that time, it was less than 3% of the housing was at that rate. And we know where it was situated. Wow. And today with rents going up, apartments renting for twelve, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a month, people are spending 50 to 70% of their income on housing. And that's sure. unsustainable. So you have to buy food, medical yeah. services, et cetera. Wow. Clothes, all those things. Right. You know, and churches really do everything they can. I know at People's Church, um, you know, my church, um, we have a a food pantry. We have a clothes pan, you know, clothes closet. And so every Tuesday you can come and literally we have shopping carts. You can go through our facility there and you can pick up what you want. You can put it in a bag. We'll help get you to the car with it. We try to help on those levels, but uh, I was there the other day when, in fact, this last Tuesday, the parking lot was packed. And these are folks that, you know, are really struggling. And I, my question for you is, what have you seen with COVID and how has that impacted, you know, a lot of families that lost jobs and things like that? Well, it's it's obviously had a significant impact uh, on, on, the, on the population, uh, on our society, because people have lost jobs. Yep. Um, you know, it's just, it's another challenge, uh, that, that we're having to face. Uh, and these are folks that before that perfectly comfortable in life, you know, before they lost their jobs, they had, they were paying their rent their or their mortgages. They were, you know, taking care of their kids and doing all those things. And all of a sudden just devastation, you know, so it, it's very, very hard. You've got a, a, a thing that I want to talk about, City Center, uh, we're going to talk about in our next segment, uh, that is providing some solutions for some of these things. Yes, and, yes. You know, and that's just right here near Manchester as well. You know, what 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 is it about this strategic location here? Well, it's we call it City Center because it's in the very center of the city. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's it's it's... We had an opportunity to purchase the old Sierra Hospital mm. a couple of years ago, yep. uh, which we did. Had and my appendix out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't find your name scratched no. on the wall. so. No. <laughs> but uh, we purchased it, and we're in the process of converting that to what we call city center. It's not just for the Fresno Mission. We expect to have 15 or more partner agencies that will providing services out of that center. This is one exciting thing. And, folks, uh, we're going to have to take a break here real quick. But city center and partnerships and a whole lot of things. And, 
and $30 million. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. It's pretty unique uh, for Fresno to have something like this. You're listening to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back. Uh, you know, I love that uh, God's love and faithfulness will never change. And uh, boy, it's incumbent upon those of us who call on the name of the Lord and, you know, are part of that faith family to find ways to do things for those who have less, those who are struggling. You know, Jesus was a great example of that. Uh, we saw it uh, regularly in his ministry. But I love what you're doing, you know, with the Fresno Mission and, and all of the partnership. But because of your uh, whole idea with strategic initiatives, you're coming up with 15 other partners at the Old Sierra Hospital right here on Dakota, uh, just off of uh, Blackstone. In fact, Zilfred's was a place I used to eat all the time, some Armenian food that was really good right on the corner there. And uh, But it's amazing when you think about this is a huge, huge facility that I think holds some answers to a lot of the things happening in Fresno for those who are really struggling. Uh, you've got a charter school there. You've got a bunch of different things. Tell us a little bit about what the, the plans are, what's open, what you're going to be opening, and, and how big it is. Well, the, the vision for City Center was uh, birthed a uh, large part by Matt Dildine, who's the CEO of the mission, as well as, as uh, some other staff members. And the whole idea was that as we see people that have multiple challenges in their life, uh, housing being one, but uh, other challenges, educational challenges, right. medical, uh, child raising, uh, job skills, et cetera, et cetera, it kind of goes on and on. And we could probably name a dozen or more different significant challenges that we find people having the idea was let's deal with the whole person to help and the whole family yep. to bring them from a broken state to a healthy state i and, like that and so as as we visioned this and as we are develop continue to develop it it's not we don't have a, a stamped plan it's kind of an evolving situation but our vision is to is to create a center where people walk in. It's not a institutional look to it. Right. It's kind of like uh, going to uh, a Bitwise or to a a a a nice hotel or something like a that. A professional organization. Professional. Yeah. And we want to treat people with respect and dignity and give them as much respect and dignity. Many of the people that we see, one of the issues that they have all these issues, but they don't have a network around them. They're mm. isolated, mm -hmm. either individually or as a family. Um, COVID didn't help that either. No. Yeah. And I'm, I'm meeting with a man right now who's, and he won't be part, he's not necessarily part of the mission, but he told me he doesn't have one friend. 
Wow. Wow. And so um, it's dealing, that's part of it. And so creating an environment where people can develop friendships, relationships, because the key to all this is relationships. Absolutely. Everything we do in life is, is relationship. So we want to create an environment that's welcoming relationship. We'll welcome people and give them a sense of trust as well as ease so that we can, we can start building, helping them build relationships with others. Yeah. And then start assessing their needs and looking at what they need. So this center, which ultimately will have um, a four-story housing unit temporary for temporary housing. Wow. People will come in. Uh, they may stay for a few days. They may stay for months, depending what their, what their needs are and how soon we can get them stabilized. They help them get stabilized. Sure. Um, we will have various services there. Uh, we realize as a mission, we do some things well, but we can't do everything well. Sure. And in fact, there's some things we probably shouldn't do. (laughs) So we have partnered by the, we are planning to partner with 15 or 16 different agencies and, and ministries and organizations that provide services. And some of those are operating now, even though they the are. center isn't yet fully open. It's not fully open. It will not be open until the end of 2022. Okay. But we do have the Resiliency Center there, which is a counseling center uh, and affiliated with the Ples- uh, Fresno Police Chaplaincy. Right. Aspen uh, Charter School has started a high school, a junior high and high school. They have this year, they have 7th, 8th, and 9th. And they'll be adding a grade every year with ultimately somewhere around 400 students. Wow. And they, they specialize for students that have specific needs. And, uh, uh, and then uh, we're, we're starting the renovation of a building for Family Health Care Center where we'll have a free clinic. Mm. The Fresno Metro Ministry is already operating there. And we have a whole number of other agencies coming in, including um, Elder Abuse Services, Inc., uh, EC, uh, Breaking the Chains that deals with human trafficking, Central Valley Justice Coalition, um, City Without Orphans, and uh, a whole list, uh, Clovis Adult School. So there are... There's really kind of endless possibilities. It's a one-stop shop. It is. In a lot of ways. Yes. Yes, yeah. and we want to be able to deal with the whole person. The other, the other benefit from this is what we've seen. We've already seen it. Is as we work together as organizations, we start building walls. I mean, we start building bonds between each other, mm. because as organizations, we tend to build silos. Yeah, our tower. And we need to break down the silos and build bridges. And we're starting to see a lot of bridges being built, even by those that are already operating there. Wow. You know, you you think about uh, there are so many families, uh, and Fresno Unified, just to give you uh, uh, our listeners an example, is the second highest poverty district in the nation, not just in Fresno County, not just in the state, but in the nation. And and when you extrapolate that out to families, we have a poverty rate here that is second to none in a lot of ways. And it's very, very challenging. And when you think about transportation you're near a transportation hub which is fantastic with the busing 
so that's that can get folks to you, but they can't get to services at multiple locations. But they can certainly come to city center and receive the help they right. need in one location. That's remarkable. Transportation is a huge issue in in in, in a significant population of that type. And so we want to deal with that. Our goal is to um, continue to help them stabilize and then find longer-term housing and stability in their lives. Yeah, and every kid needs a family that's stable. Uh, You're going to do well in school. You're going to do well in life. You have to have some predictability. And and homeless is unpredictable. Uh, Weather, you know, I mean... You know, another situation that affects the homeless, you think about it, COVID has had a significant effect because there's so many more people that are working from home. Yes. So we're seeing a lot of influx from the L.A. area. That's why home prices are escalating so rapidly because people are coming in from Southern California or the San Francisco Bay Area, selling their homes up there, for, and they can buy significantly more home in fresno and pay cash maybe and pay cash yeah then they and uh move from a a a thousand square feet to three thousand square feet or whatever it is yeah and so that's affected home pricing and that's why we have such a shortage of homes as well and you know it no matter how much it seems the government tries controlling home prices is is just like it's like trying to uh, use a butterfly net to grab a vapor yeah. You know, you, you keep swatting at it, but it doesn't seem like there's anything in the net. And uh, I know there, there are a lot of elected officials who are really trying to do a good job right. and, and looking to, to do that. In fact, our mayor, uh, Jerry Dyer, has made homelessness uh, one of the issues that, yep. you know, is dear to his heart and, and trying to find solutions for it. I know Smuggler's Inn has been turned into a uh, homeless center where you can, yep. families can go. But it, the numbers are just overwhelming. Well, it, and the other the other issue, and the and the public officials and government agencies do a great job in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. but the one area they cannot address are the root causes, which many times are spiritual um, in nature. Yeah, and what we see in the brokenness of people, if we can, if if we can help them on their spiritual journey, they can start dealing with the issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you come into life with and try to live life with no hope, nothing for the future, don't have a sense of, you know, for us, you and I, boy, uh, uh, we're part of a faith family. We love the Lord. Uh, we've been, you know, very blessed. And as a result, step out and try to do things for others as well, because Jesus was a great example of that. Um, you know, and it's just, you cannot live life without faith, I don't believe. No, you can't. And uh, that's the way I define poverty. Poverty is not primarily economic, mm-hmm. although it's a, it's a significant issue. But, but really, poverty is life with no hope. Yep. And I saw this in countries that I visited around the world. Um, I was working with the Mennonite Church, as I said earlier, um, in, in Congo, and I asked them a question because there was garbage piled up in the streets. And I said, I understand the poverty, people living on $30 a month. Yeah. Um, 
and all that, but why the garbage? And the answer I got was, what difference does it make? Oh, boy. That's that's very telling, isn't it? So that's that that's the issue right there. We want to continue this conversation. Uh, I'll tell you, Don, three segments have gone by already, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more. You're listening to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, if you're on a high, if you're in a low, if you're getting sick, if you're feeling well, if you're getting hungry, if you just fell, God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Never change. This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Well, welcome back. I can't believe, Don, we're in our fourth segment already. Uh, This hour flies, you know. It's it's so interesting. Uh, You had mentioned uh, the Congo. Uh, My daughter, Caitlin, who is a uh, uh, special ed administrator teacher for a charter school here in town, uh, she was in Kinshasa. Oh, yeah. And she talked about that. There were six of them that went. She was the shortest. She's six foot tall. She was the shortest of the group that went. And they did a, a computer school and did a bunch of things. And, you know, as a as a faith-based mission, they went there. But they talked about that, that there was garbage everywhere. And if you don't have hope, what does it matter, you know, where you yeah. throw your stuff, you know, and, and what, what you live in, you know. Well, and if you have no hope, you generally have a low self-esteem yep. and respect. I mean, I look at, we look on our streets and we see the garbage around the home, about in the camps. Uh, to me, that seems to be indicative of what people are thinking. Yeah, and thinking about themselves. And thinking about themselves. Yeah. And so um, our goal is to, is to inspire hope in people. We want to give them hope. I've, I've watched it again and again where individuals that come to our mission in our recovery programs come in, they're at the bottom. They've been uh, abandoned by all family members because of things they've done. They've lived on the streets. They've, and and we, if, if they, we can keep them, if they'll stay long enough, at some point, many times you see what happens, a spark of hope saying, I don't have to live like this. And wow. you just kind of fan that flame, and they walk out a year later, yeah. and uh, their their heads held high, and 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 they're moving on in life. You know, it's interesting too. Um, a lot of families here in Fresno want to help. They want to do something, you know, significant and really good uh, for folks that are struggling because they have a good heart for them and things. What what would you recommend in terms of where do they send their dollars? How do they help? Because I, we're told don't give it directly on the street because oftentimes it ends up with different purposes. That's true. I I we we find it it probably goes to not where they think it's going. Yep. Having said that, you know if God's spirit leads you to do it, you uh, I'm do not going to argue with God's spirit. <laughs> so, I hear you. So, um, but. And, and that brings me to city center. Um, I would ask that uh, those that would like to know more uh, call the mission and, and, and take a tour. We, are, we, are, we want to show, give people the, the vision that we have 
and share the vision. And we want people to be a part of it by participating, either physically volunteering at some point mm -hmm. or uh, money, uh, their funds. Um, I like to say we're non-denominational. We take five, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds. Yeah, I love it. it. <laughs> so um, we are we are faith-based. We're Christian-based. We believe very strongly that that the gospel is the way people change people's lives are changed, and but we also do it in a very meet the felt needs of people. Sure. Which sometimes people come in and they don't even know what their needs are. They don't even know what the questions are. So we're, t we're, we're there to help them uh, and, and help them physically, emotionally, spiritually. Off the top of your head, do you know the Fresno Mission number to call? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Folks, you can look it up, and we'll try to post it <laughs> as well. But, uh, you know, you know uh, there's something really good that happens when uh, we step up and do something for somebody else, uh, God does more for us than we could possibly imagine. And one of the unique things with all of this is that when we go beyond ourselves and take some resources that we've been blessed with and then bless others, uh, it comes back to us multifold. I mean, it's it's amazing, amazing. The phone number is all right. 268-0839. So 268-0839. Call the Fresno Mission and, uh, uh, you know, they can hook you up with, uh, you know, you've got all kinds of needs. Uh, I know you're yeah. building, you're going to be furnishing, you're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, you've also got ongoing needs for a lot of families right. that are, are there. So there's there's a place for everybody. Uh, I'm assuming you still can use volunteers. Yes, we can. Yeah. COVID had an impact for a while where we had to restrict volunteers. And, and periodically, if, if we have some sort of outbreak, we'll... we'll restrict that but uh we're back on yeah. track again yeah so hopefully Good. uh covid won't stop that and uh, again i would say uh from a financial perspective uh we take individual donations i would challenge uh companies and businesses uh there may be specific needs that we have as we develop city center for different aspects uh both in uh materials uh Sure, and uh, we we will take sponsors of uh, various aspects of that. Uh, the, you know, this is going to be a very unique place. It will have a coffee shop in it, uh, like a Starbucks type of of coffee shop. It'll have a barber shop. It will have child care facilities for those that are our re residents. Um, we we are trying to m make it a place that anyone in the community, whether you're homeless or not, would want to come. Wow. Wow. And eliminating excuses so that they can be successful because, and it, the excuse is really legitimate in a lot of ways. Childcare, for example, how in yes. the world do I go to work if I don't have somebody to take care of my right. kid, you know? Right. And then uh, obviously uh, for seventh grade and up, the charter school is right there. Uh, so you've got some opportunities for some families that are, you know, going to be in some of the longer-term housing programs uh, that they could get in school. Um, what we want to have people understand is they might be in a situation they have no control over. They might find themselves just um, 
in in a situation where they, their resources are gone mm. through no fault of their own. Right now, sometimes it is their responsibility, and if it is, they need to take full ownership to that. Yep, yep, and acknowledge it, and then whether it's their own fault or no fault of their own, just circumstances, uh, we need to teach them and help them understand that their past difficulties do not portend their future. Yeah, it doesn't define who they're going to be if they choose. Don't look back. Yeah. Don't look back. I love it. Look forward. Yeah. And then the third one is never, ever, ever give up. (laughs) Keep keeps. Keep hitting. Well, and you know, a lot of folks who are in this struggle in life don't believe it that you want to help. And so there's a con- convincing that has to take place right. as well because they've been, it's been proven to them time and time again that the help is short-lived. Uh, it, it doesn't sustain them. Um, and oftentimes it's less than what they thought they were going to get. So they don't trust. I know with, with kids, especially in schools, uh, they've been hurt by adults. And so right. when an adult says, hey, we really do love you, we care about you, we want to help you, they, they kind of go prove it and they do things that are stupid, you know, to make you prove it because they don't trust you. Yeah, one of the things we're uh, anticipating on site is having a gymnasium and a youth drop-in center. Yeah, we've, I love it. we've realized, for instance, foster youth, when they age out of the system, uh, many, many of them wind up on the streets. Right, right. And they don't trust adults. And so, you know, these are just different things that we've uncovered that we understand. And, again, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the programs. I mean, I'm sure they'll change over time. But we want to do the best job we can absolutely do to demonstrate our Christian faith and to help people yep. move forward in life. Now, this total project that you're working on right now for city center, the building is you're looking at a $30 million project overall, the whole project. Project. And that that's everything, the purchase of the property. and everything. So, so there's a big need there and we have a variety of uh, sources for funding, but we need to raise a significant amount of money as well. And we're doing that on a faith basis. We believe that, that God will provide and that people will step forward as they understand uh, what God's asking us to do. You know, it, it, it's really an amazing thing when you think about it. Um, one stop, Dakota and Blackstone, busing right here from the Fresno metropolitan area is, is can, basically this is the hub that goes out from here yeah. to everywhere. Uh, families that just can't get around other than that, they gas is what, almost $5 a gallon heading toward that is what I've heard with especially with what's happening, uh, you know, in the Ukraine and and everything like that. So, you know, and inflation is just driving prices up. Uh, Cost for your building is going up, you know, almost as we sit here and speak. This is is absolutely the worst time to try to build (laughs) anything because material costs, labor shortages, material shortages. Uh, But, again, uh, God knew what he was doing. Yep. Uh, we probably don't, but he does. So we're, <laughs> we're moving forward. Well, you know, the, at the end of the journey, the faith journey, uh, you get to see what happens and, uh, and it's, it's always, it always works. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. Well, I love what you guys are doing, uh, Don. It's, uh, an amazing thing when you think about it. 
a place for families to get all the help that they can get. I, just the idea of a, a barbershop, you know, and getting your hair cut, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good things going on. Uh, I'd say, folks, go to the uh, website for the rescue, uh, Fresno Mission. Uh, learn more about this. Uh, make that phone call so that you can uh, see what's going on. And take a tour. Uh, you guys would love to show what's going yes, on. Yes, we and, would. Yeah, and if you've got a few resources you'd like to add to this, we'd love to have you do that. You've been listening to Powell to the People, and I've had as my guest today Don Eskes, who is the Strategic Initiative Director for the Fresno Mission, and we're on a mission to make sure this thing happens. So anything you can do to help folks, thanks for joining us today where civility is always in style.